0: And welcome to the Heather McCoy Show. Uh, joining us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest is a regular contributor to the show, Robert Larson. Welcome to the show, Robert.
1: Hey, Heather. Always fun to do this.
0: We're talking about this uh, really gruesome story, of course. Uh, in Fallbrook, a family went missing in 2010. Their SUV was found near the New Mexican border. Now, a lead has been found in the case. The bodies have been found out in the desert near Victorville, Uh drug deal uh i don't know narco people or serial killer i'm you know by the evidence that we were talking about i would definitely say i would go for narco uh murder
1: yeah this is a disturbing story yeah uh yeah the mcstay family this has been it's been this mystery that's been going on since 2010 they were residents of fallbrook which is a uh, a little bit south of Temecula anyway they uh in 2010 February of 2010 they went missing they uh, I'm not sure of the details of how that was determined just after a few days people that were in contact with them were hadn't seen them and so alerted authorities but they um were it, they investigated their home and it appears that there wasn't any struggle at the home, but it like was that they left in a hurry. It had that kind of look about their house that they just sort of took off, and there was some food left out and things like that. But it also kind of appeared like they maybe they thought they were coming back fairly soon. It, it's a you know that was a little mysterious from the beginning, but it, that was again in two thousand ten, and then the only real piece of evidence or a couple pieces of evidence shortly after that were that the. We're a family of four that matched the husband and wife and the two small children. There's a grainy video image of them, like crossing the border into Mexico. Yeah, can't say for certain that it is them, but it resembles them. So that's possibly them that, that was seen on this camera sl- shortly after leaving Fallbrook, and then four days after them disappearing from their home, their they uh, their SUV was found in San Ysidro, which is right near the border. So after that, for the last three-plus years, there's been nothing until a few days ago, some young people riding off-road bikes in the desert near Victorville discovered these four bodies. And there's not a lot of details on it, but it sounds like it was pretty gruesome. There were four bodies buried in a shallow grave. And uh, I've also heard that they were found by animals i'm presuming coyotes and sort of like pulled up to the surface and you can just imagine not a pleasant scene so there is other than that you know, so they didn't know they saw the four bodies and they thought this was a lead this was the mixed days and they couldn't prove that they had to do some forensics and after doing that yes it, it was it is the mixed day family 40 year old uh, husband 43 year old wife and a, a four-year-old uh son and a three-year-old son so whoever and they're saying they're they're presuming it's murder
0: oh yeah I would presume it would be murder too bodies don't bury themselves
1: yeah (laughs) so it it, whoever did this had a real uh, streak of viciousness about them yes it could be a serial killer but it seems it, it has all the hallmarks of a hit by narco terrorists, narco-traffickers. Yeah. And the fact that they were going to Mexico, or it appears they may have gone into Mexico, and we know that these vicious drug gangs, that that's, that's where they are. And that's real.
0: <laughs> well, they're seeping into the U.S. as well. It's just, um, you know, it's just too bad the drug war continues, and it's just not decriminalized and or legalized in some different drugs. And, that would take away all their power and mayhem, but uh, it seems like our federal government seems to be working on their side by keeping it illegal it 's not rocket scientists, you know it 's not rocket science it's i mean it's on the third man for Christ's sakes, so if you make something illegal, your people are going to get killed for it
1: yeah, yeah it's and you make those profits really high, people are intrigued by it. people want to do it when, when things go underground, the prices become high there's big profits. And you can't go to law enforcement to uh, when somebody's ripped you off, you have to take care of it yourself. And you have to often be very vicious about it to uh, send the message out there to people uh, not to cross you. So I we don't, we, I don't, there's no hard evidence of any kind that this family was in any way involved in the drug trade, but there, there's just certain hallmarks of it that it, it seems like that type of thing. And so that, uh, maybe they were somehow uh,
0: a family member of some distant family member might have been, and then that was just sending a message to that particular family member. You don't know.
1: Yeah, and it, it still, it, it also still could be some kind of like serial killer. So, oh yeah, it be really intriguing to, to see how this plays out.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the weirder stories of this week: a policeman who was off duty uh i guess in a service uh revolver and he killed a 36 year old man in marietta uh it was a bar fight of some sorts and uh fortunately charges have been filed against the police officer no word if those files would have been charged uh if uh, he was on duty while this happens you know how they claim self-defense every single time but nonetheless charges were filed um why did he kill this person in a bar
1: well, he's claiming self-defense this time as well, but oh. yeah, but it seems like that's a real long shot, and I, I really uh, doubt uh, that argument is going to prevail. But the uh, former deputy sheriff, his name is Dale Long. Yeah, we, we had mentioned the story sometime back, Heather. There wasn't a lot going on at then, but the trial has begun. But he uh, met some people at the bar. He somehow he knew these people. And what witnesses are saying is that he, everything seemed kind of normal. We're kind of joking around, but at a certain point, uh, Dale Long just turned very dark. He all of a sudden was getting really agitated about things. He was arguing about trivial BS and just everyone was a little bit weirded out by it. And the, um, the victim was uh at a certain point uh, got said something and it enraged uh, Dale Long even worse and he pulled his gun and and the, the victim you know raised up his hands like whoa uh no no uh, conflict here you yeah, know i'm it's all it's cool, yeah the kind of surrender hands up kind of thing, and he still had the gun on him, and he said, "Well, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna shoot me and he sort of like took him up on that dare and oh my God, this is how the prosecution is presenting it now the defense is saying that that it was self defense and that uh the victim tried to grab his gun, and that the uh the uh, day long the uh, off-duty officer at the time felt you know that his life was in danger and he therefore had to shoot uh the uh the victim
0: well thank god we don't have stand your ground laws in california
1: yeah i know i know otherwise he we wouldn't even be having a trial right most
0: likely not
1: yeah so they said he was, he was drinking heavily but you know it's one thing to drink heavily and to get like become a silly drunk or even an angry drunk but this would like went beyond just being an angry drunk he just it was like something just snapped in him yeah and it it's uh it's pretty troubling and and when you think about this other it's even more troubling that this guy was a police officer Oh yeah definitely
0: yeah. I was just thinking a psycho murdering drunk he, he escalated from that and went to there
1: Yeah, so the victim is Samuel Venetes, and uh, yeah, this happened at Spelly's Pub and Grill here in Murrieta, which is actually just five minutes away from me, so it's a little bit of action here in Murrieta sometime. So uh, yeah, this trial is just beginning. It's probably going to be at least a few weeks, and we'll let you know uh, how this plays out. I'm kind of thinking he's going to be found guilty, but... I've been surprised by these things in the past.
0: Yeah, it definitely. I don't know. It just seems like civilization at the moment is headed towards this like Mad Max realm where it's the Wild West again. It's this is getting really concerning.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. It's a uh, little, little troubling.
0: A Mormon bishop uh, pled guilty to sexual battery just- among other charges with underage girls. Um, could this be the tip for the iceberg for the Mormons, like the Catholics?
1: Yeah, I I yeah. <laughs> I think just because the Mormons is as much smaller organization than the Catholics although they are growing um that we won't see things to this degree as we've seen in the Catholic Church and also that the um Mormon bishops are are allowed to be married. So, they have at least some sexual outlet, whereas the uh, Catholic priests are not allowed, and so their sexuality is going to be a little bit weird and twisted up. Um, so that, <laughs> yeah, that, that's just my take on, on comparing the two, although they both have their weird belief systems. But uh, yeah, this guy is uh, named uh, Todd Edwards, 49 years old. And this is another story we're following up on because we talked about it, I don't know, maybe six months ago, when the charges came to light. And he is pled guilty to sexual battery and sexual penetration with a foreign object. And these girls are, I believe one was 16 years old. And I can't remember. There's a, There's a third girl, but they dropped those charges that had reached the statute of limitations, which is kind of creepy when you think about that, so that means he's been doing these kinds of things for a long time.
0: Yeah, and I think the, 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 he, the position that he held, it took a little bit of time before he was actually dismissed from it. Wasn't that the case? Uh, yeah,
1: that that's the kind of uh, rub in the story here, Heather. I mean, it's a really bad story to start with, and it's terrible when Kids are sexually abused, but the Church of Latter Day Saints, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, isn't their their official name. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they uh, said, okay, he's been uh, he was suspended or you know taken out of his position there, but they will not give out any details of when his position ended. So it's sort of like the, the the you know the date of his removal from office, and in and the years that he'd actually served as a bishop were not disclosed. So you wonder is there kind of a cover up going on there, like we have seen with the Catholic Church, where these guys were allowed to continue in their positions where they're around children all the time when it's known when there are allegations already out that they had uh, abused these uh, children. They were supposed to be. Teaching or mentoring, or just in you know the kids that were just in their care, and uh, he they were saying that Edwards was uh, friends with the families of both girls. So, and again, this adds another layer of creepiness. That oh, you know, he's all buddy buddy with the family, and then doing taking the girls out places uh, to sort of undisclosed locations and committing these things.
0: Yeah, that's pretty hideous. So, an uh, East Hemet man went to, on a murder spree and killed two people and attempted a third, but she survived the attack. And it's all really bad, gruesome. You know, there were two gruesome murders and almost a third. Is there a motive for this yet?
1: They don't have a motive for it yet. They, they're they not even sure of the relationship between the perpetrator, or the accused, and the, the victims, they think that they may, that the one woman who was killed may have been his wife and the, the girl, five-year-old girl, his daughter. That hasn't been confirmed yet. But uh, yeah, this is, again, took place in East Hemet, and they give the guy's name out in the story. But anyway, uh, they, yeah, it was a third victim who was just slashed and is in the hospital now in critical condition, has survived, but... You know, if the one was the wife and the daughter, and that we kind of understand these these sort of crimes of passion, and who knows what was going on, their relationship was breaking up, and people that it doesn't make it right or anything, but we sort of understand those kind of crimes happened all the time. So, who was the other person? Why was this person as well uh, killed or almost killed?
0: Witness was, or was it because she was a
1: witness? Yes. Was she somehow related as well? Maybe a sister of the woman who was killed and this guy felt like she was somehow meddling in the situation. We, we don't know about that, but it's just a, a pretty uh, a bloody uh, crime spree that went on in a early evening a few days ago in East Hemet.
0: Yeah, the Inland Empire is uh, a pretty gruesome place sometimes. So anyways, Robert Larson, he joins us from the other side of Cleveland National Forest, i.e. the Inland Empire. Thanks for being on the show this week, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, thank you. Okay, and this is The Heather McQuire Show.